I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield, and this is a bonus episode of the Ministry of Arts podcast. Now, as ever, let's begin by banging these bongos. Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of the Ministry of Arts podcast. Well, today I'm taking you to meet another artist from the New Artist Fair, which is on at the Truman Brewery, Brick Lane, from Friday the 23rd through to Sunday the 25th of September. And that is Mr. John Ball. John, like myself, put the art world on the back burner just after university, only painting occasionally, until a few years ago when he visited Banks' Dismal Land in Western Supermare, which sort of ignited the fire in the furnace, you know, and got him painting again, but in a slightly different direction, which led to him entering a certain art competition, the repercussions of which had him invited all around the world to paint. Oh, and just before I introduce you to John, during this episode he does mention an artist who does highly detailed graphite drawings of throwaway objects. He couldn't think of her name at the time, but just after we stopped recording, he remembered it was Alana Doton. And as I mentioned just a few minutes ago, John is showing and selling his work at the New Artist Fair at the Truman Brewery, just off Brick Lane, from Friday the 23rd to Sunday the 25th of September. That said, please come and join me with painter and all-round lovely bloke, Mr John Ball. I will learn at the same rate as whoever's listening. But I do have seven questions that I ask each artist. And the first would be, how would you explain what you do to someone that doesn't know your work? Um, Just tell them I'm a painter. And then uh, they ask me what I paint and I tell them I paint miserable landscapes, I suppose. Yeah, see... (laughs) Yeah, you say miserable landscapes. 
I don't see them like that. I see them as quite honest. Quite I th- honestly. I think I'm just I'm just looking at different things than than perhaps your sort of regular regular Joe is looking for yeah. in a landscape. They might be looking for sort of trees and hills and a river. People look for the beauty and try and enhance the beauty, whereas it looks like you do the opposite. You try to look for the ugly or the discarded and highlight that. Yeah. Which I, really appeals to me. Yeah, well, I, th- I think... But there's beauty in that. Of I, course. And, and then maybe the average person isn't necessarily looking for that in a painting but yeah. and when maybe they don't look they don't not really looking at it when they're walking around the streets they're not looking at that abandoned car park or or, or that underpass they're not you know they're not seeing the beauty in that because yeah. they see it every day but as soon as you start looking at that in the medium of a painting that I think it changes it even just just by looking at it in that format, you start looking at it differently. Well, I've noticed doing these and speaking to artists, people, artists that pull that out in their work are generally more of the working class people that pull that out. It's as if we're taking a bit of us with them into this sort of world. It's as if we're bringing a bit of our working class with us, is what I've discovered anyway. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose you're looking at what's around you, aren't you? So if your environment is an urban environment, you're looking at uh, urban subjects. And if you live in a lake district, or then you're going to be looking at trees and lakes and mountains and more scenic, I suppose. Did you have art in the home growing up? Uh, My mother was an art teacher. Um, in when she was younger, so it's always there's always a bit of creative there. But my father was an engineer, so there's a little bit more of the sort of uh, technical side yeah, from him. Yeah. So I could have had a good mix, I think. That's but always it, good. So you've got the aesthetic and the, the technical. Yeah. And was where was that you grew up? I grew up in the West Country, actually. Oh, did you? I was born um, outside of London, like Watford, yeah. sort of way but moved out to the West Country, I think I was about seven. Nice. So it was very scenic. Yeah. In, in a sense, I mean, there's a lot of fields. And there's a few trees. You know, <laughs> green. And some hills. Yeah. It was quite green. So I think I sort of rebelled against that yeah. a little. Moved moved into the city sort of um, for college and never really looked back. So you moved, where, where in the West Country was that you moved to as a uh, child? Originally it was um, near Devizes. Oh yeah, yeah. And then they're more uh, Trowbridge Way now. Yeah, so. nice. Yeah. And uh, family still there? Yeah. Trowbridge is a good place to be. Yeah, it's all happening in Trowbridge. And you come to, now we're in Romford now. How did you come to be in this neck of the woods? Um, so I studied in um, Whitechapel in East London. Uh, and then, sorry, but surely we just moved further and further into suburbia, which you actually what? was that fine art. Yeah, sorry? that was fine art. I, um, yeah, I met my partner. She was living in a similar area, sort of Hackney Way. Yeah. We were sort of living there for we must have been there for ten years, or but we just slowly moved further and further out. Um, and There's that, a bit of difference between Trowbridge and 
Hackney, isn't there? Yeah, I suppose it was um, it was a bit of <laughs> a bit of a culture shock. But how did you feel coming into the very urban area from a very what rural? Yeah, rural is the word. Um, well, it, when you're younger, it's it's exciting, isn't it? The city's more to do. There's nothing much to do out in the West Country. No. You know, we weren't in a town or anything. It was. Very rural. But the, in and around there now is quite arty, isn't it, around that area? There's, yeah, there, I mean, there's an art scene. I don't yeah. know really if it's the same kind of thing I'm into. I mean, Bristol is very good yeah. for its art scene and obviously very sort of well-known for sort of street art and and that kind of thing. So, so I think if I'd have stayed west, I probably would have headed towards Bristol because yeah. Bristol's really nice. Um, Bath's nice as well, but I think... The art scene in Bath is very different yeah. from the Bristol art um, scene. When was it you done your degree? When? Yeah. Uh, must have been late late 90s, sort of. Okay. I think I finished in 2000. And did you want to go on to become an artist then? Uh, no, or? no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> if, so anything, I, if anything, I come out of college thinking, well, I just don't think it's for me. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> it, it was just... What they were teaching at the time was very different from what I knew about yeah. art. You know, they were very conceptually led, um, very looking at a lot of multimedia and video installation and, you know, quite yeah. sort of edgy. Sort of, but I was a bit more traditional. And um, I think maybe maybe painting wasn't fashionable, yeah. really, well, at that time. I think it's... It's come back a little bit. It's becoming a bit more. Well, I've got a friend who echoes what you're saying, but sort of several years before. But he was at Goldsmiths with Damien Hurst and all of that freeze lot. Um, and that was at the boom when it was conceptual rather than painting. And he just carried on painting, even though they was all saying painting's dead. Yeah, yeah. And funny enough, now Damien Hurst is... Uh, Back to painting, yeah. Back to painting, yeah. With his um, blossom, exactly series and all that, yeah. So you come out of uni, you was a bit disheartened with the art world at that point. So did you not want to make art from there? Um, I was still, I was painting a little, but it just slowed up, and um, and then I just got into doing sort of regular work, just and then. Yeah, just working really. I didn't really paint very much for a few years, but then we went. We actually went to see um, the Dismal Land in Western. Yeah, that was good, wasn't it? And uh, that was just fantastic. And I was really inspired. And I saw there was a lot of decent painters there. And I was thinking, well, this is more my thing. Yeah, you know, this yeah. is more accessible to regular people rather than you know when you go in yeah. sort of white cube or. Or something like yeah. that. It's not necessarily accessible to to the common people. Yeah. So I, I thought that was really I good. It inspired me to go like, come on, you could do some more painting. Paint what you want to paint. Yeah, you know. There was always painting going on. It's just it was so overwhelmed at the the turn of the millennium that um, yeah, the, the conceptual side took over. But I went to Dismal Land myself. And, yeah, it was a, a bloody inspiration, wasn't it? It just changed everything for me about art because I wasn't really looking at art at the time anyway, really. Um, it crossed over from street art and fine art yeah. and 
and even video and an installation even but it actually put that in a context that I think a lot of people could identify with and it yeah it really yeah, changed you know, everything painting all of the time just every now and then even even though you was just keeping your hand within the skill did Dismal Land change the way that you painted or just change what you painted I think I think it was the first time I thought well, you should, like I could see people just painting what they wanted to paint and how they wanted to do it yeah and it made me think do you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna try and paint what I nice. you know because I'd been photographing a lot of the subjects anyway and then I just thought do you know what I'm gonna do some paintings that I want to do rather than just doing people's cats and dogs which yeah. is and then it was just okay I'm gonna do this and I, I did a I think um, I did a series of about three or four pieces where I was like right I want to do this subjects and I'm going to I'm going to color it like this. And I started thinking about I'm going to I I'd started using computers anyway and digital, yeah. you know, Photoshop and stuff like that. So I was like, right, I'm going to recolor it first the images and then I'm going to paint from that. And that's when it sort of clicked for me nice. like ah this is how, how I'm going to do it, you know. And then it wasn't soon it wasn't long after that where I thought oh, I'm just going to I'm going to put this into that competition. And um, I submitted one of them to the landscape artist of the year, yeah. And then, um, and then forgot all about it <laughs> until I got the phone call, like, Oh, yeah, uh, you've been selected, you're going to be on TV. And I'm like, How did you uh, find that experience? That's a leap from not been painting for, for a few years, sort of discovering it again, if if you like, it taking was, a chance. It was quite difficult because I realized I, I hadn't. I just it was only then I realized I haven't actually got any work yeah. like you know because um, they asked me oh what else you got have you got a website and all this I was just <laughs> no. and it was a bit of a blag really you know you were saying, oh, no I've got a bit yeah I'm just digging out <laughs> digging things yeah. out stuff thought, from uni and college and well a lot of that had just gone anyway yeah. so it wasn't like much of a back catalogue that had all just vanished so it was a bit like, oh yeah, your your coursework's due. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you get on with that? So you get a phone call from them to say, did it say that you had been accepted or that you're on a shortlist? Or uh, no, you you're in. You're basically saying you're in. And that was 2017's. Yeah, and then the way it works for people that haven't seen that is that there's about I think there's eight people in each heat. And you, they stick you in a little booth, and you you have to paint the the scene, and and in four hours. So you, how it's long not did a painting take you before that? About four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so so you've obviously had to adjust the way you paint to yeah. condense it into that. You just got, you know, um, and you're not really working from. I was working from photographs, and then you're back to old school you're back to like sitting outside with an easel and nice and you've got yeah a really short period of time so at that time I was like right okay we've got until yeah I can't remember when it was filmed like um June or something yeah the year before yeah so um yeah we went out every weekend to a different location went to some nice places like uh uh where did we go? We went to sat at a windmill for the afternoon. 
Oh, sorry, it took and, you to a few. No, I mean this is this is the training. Oh, this is sorry. me in training. Sorry, okay. Yeah, it's like right, get back in training. I've got to do some paintings. Get back into it. So, how did you find that training yourself to do a painting in four hours? Um, yeah, it was it was all right. It was sort of fun, but um, sometimes it'd be quick and. And sometimes uh, you'd get bored. You yeah, know. well, the judges are good enough to know that, you know, to, to allow that four hours isn't, you know, isn't time to finish a. You know, yeah, a I suppose. But it depends on your style because there was people there that were, you know, well, well oiled yeah. at doing that sort of practice and they would go out and you could tell they had all the kit, you know. Yeah, all the field, all the field supplies. Yeah, yeah. And you turn up with a. Oh, if you don't mind me saying, <laughs> carry you it back. <laughs> no, you had a, a red metal oh, um, yeah, mechanics toolbox, yeah. wasn't it? That's right, yeah. Yeah, I think we got that um, car boot sale. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you turn up with several other artists because you haven't painted for a while. It's got to be a bit of a pressure on you, hasn't it? It was a little bit, but to be honest, the, the first heat, I wasn't taking it entirely seriously. <laughs> You know, I was I was enjoying myself because it was just it was just a bit of fun, really. Uh, you know, it was nice because th- to be there with all the the professionals and that really, and it but it really got me back into painting. It gave me Cause on the, the first, boost I needed. I think on the first episode, was you the only amateur artist? Um, I can't remember. Uh, exactly. I know I on one of them, you was the only one. It must have been the first And everyone one, else yeah. was professional. But that was it. You, you, there was a lot of a lot of professionals there. Shit. Yeah. And was that intimidating? No. Good. Good. <laughs> no, it got, it got more intimidating and more stressful the further it went on. Oh, so obviously, it? I won that heat, got into the semi-finals, then it suddenly became... Real, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the pressure was on. And... Um, so the semi-final, we just had our little baby boy, and literally days before. Wow. So we was just exhausted, and um, yeah, the whole the whole thing was tra- quite traumatic. <laughs> so on, right. the f- on the first one, one of them you'd done a lavender field. Yeah, that was the semi-final. Oh, that was one. that the yeah. semi-final? And on that, I was like cheering when I saw it because you pointed yourself in the direction of. This monster pylon that was that was over at the one side. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to get a pylon in there somewhere. Because so. they thought that was quite brave. The judges didn't they? Yeah. How were they? I think they were into it. They like they you know. Because I, I remember Tarshan Schierenberg mentioned that he liked the pylon being brought in and that it was quite bold. He was a nice chap. They were all nice. It, it was all you know, totally positive experience and. Yeah, everyone should have a go, really. Yeah. And it was... What was it? It was... So you got to the semi-finals with that one. Yeah. Then they put took... Was it three people from there yeah. into the final? Yeah. And obviously you was one of those. Yeah, I scraped in there. So... And you're saying you scraped in there. You didn't. You... you Fucking flew. All right, I stormed it. Right, yeah, you stormed <laughs> it, and that's not what, what how you like to speak. But you you saw that from from the first episode, you were sort of f- throwing it away as if it was uh, it was just all by chance and all by luck, and it weren't because it was there was a fucking lot of skill on that canvas. So yeah, good. Well, I appreciate that. Good Thank you. you. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. And, yeah, going into the final, pressure? Yeah, too much pressure for me when it got to that and... Like the the landscape for me wasn't inspiring. It was is a lake with some trees. There was nothing there, was there? And I, I just, I just didn't happen. It wasn't happening. Because on on the final, it was it was it was a lake, and there was like a little boathouse. Yeah, but it was miles away. Oh, was it? Okay. <laughs> but that's all you had to focus. Yeah, on, there was green and sky, wasn't it? Yeah, that was. I just, yeah, it just wasn't happening. And you found between a little clearing of the trees. Which for me personally, that's that's that little bit of loneliness that yeah. he was looking for. This beautiful environment, and a fucking empty bench is a lonely looking thing, isn't it? And that's what you found. You found the that little bit of loneliness, discarded object amongst the beauty, which yeah. is what you do in your work. Which is what I do, really. But um, maybe I should have got, I should have gone for the postcard shot, really. But. I don't, to be honest, I don't think it made much difference, you know. Yeah. It just wasn't... It was an hard invite. If they would have took you to Brick Lane, you'd have been all right, wouldn't you? Yeah. G- give me, give me, you know, some oil rigs or <laughs> crane or something. Yeah, something a bit industrious. The, the the commission I did for Chatley Whitfield was amazing, and that was, that was actually the best day, because they send you out the finalists, they send you out to different locations to work, and then you're to produce a painting based on those environments yeah. and that was the best one I did good well and when they was... showed you walking through that country path or that forest path and you was just like there's trees there's more trees to be honest I'm you not very see... good at trees <laughs> I've, I've got a bit better I have got better at trees <laughs> yeah but come on. I'm not a landscape painter but I'm very well aware that not many landscape painters like to draw in a forest scene <laughs> Because it is just green after green after green. And you've, you've dabbled from leaving university until 2016 when you entered the Landscape Artist of the Year. Did that stoke the, the fires up? Oh, definitely. I mean, because it was such a positive experience. Yeah. You know, it really was. It was just really positive. And, and then out of that came a lot of opportunities. People were interested and in, you know that everyone was very encouraging. Say, well, you know, you should be doing this professionally. Yeah. Get on with it. It's so easy for you, them to say that. Yeah, yeah I mean, baby but that's it. It's you know, you've still got to work. Yeah. But but you know, so I, you know, it's just a bit of graft, isn't it? Get into it, get doing it, make more work. And so I haven't really stopped since. It's good. Good. And did you? 
get attached to a gallery after that or was you just selling it yourself? Yeah, just selling it myself really. I got a few things out of that. I did a, a show in America, nice. which was good. I got to go to California and, um, you know, got on a beach and bad, all that. That was good. <laughs> and then um, since then, out in China as well, invited to China nice. for a... Three, I think it was three weeks. What's a paint out there? Painting out in China. I met some, you know, really. What was that sort for of, a commission? Uh, it was it was an exchange program. They they took I think there was eight of us. They took out there and um, it was an academy that we were all based yeah. at an academy in and it's um, and then they took us around lots of different. There's a lot of mountains in China. <laughs> they love mountains. How are you with mountains? All right. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> Getting better at mountains, trees. But, you know, that that's what they like. They really like a river, mountains, trees. Yeah. Just, and how did that come out? That was really... That, but, I mean, again, just really positive experience. Fantastic to see all that and, you know, traipse up some mountains. Really hot there. You don't appreciate it. It's very, very hot. Uh, very humid. Rained, absolutely tipped down rain every day. And that's that's fun, you it? might see um, they always carry an umbrella, yeah. And that's for that's for sun and rain. But you don't because even if it's glorious sunny day, and then three o'clock, like almost on the dot every day, torrential rain. Wow. So, it's, so there's no field painting for you then. Oh no, you yeah, you but you're under your umbrella. <laughs> really good fun. <laughs> I was doing mainly pencil because yeah. I found like a lot of people were like lugging about easels and stuff like that, but. No, 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 no. Rucksack, pad of paper, pencils, <laughs> and um, yeah, taking a lot of photographs. So, and when was that? That was, uh, was that 18, 2019. Yeah, that was really good. And obviously, at the start of 2019, the pandemic hit. That well, I think it was just after. It was, um, yeah, it wasn't long after I got back. So I remember we'd. I'd, uh, you, you weren't in that Wuhan area no, where no, it no, was no, no. you didn't bring it back <laughs> have I got the source of fucking Covid well China's really big yeah <laughs> yeah I suppose so I suppose so yeah it wasn't long after that that, that and it became um, but we had planned to do an exhibition it was part of that project there was meant to be an exhibition in London which got cancelled so yeah. it was really disappointing because it was just like, yeah, everything locked down, didn't it? And it was like, nah. So did your work pause for that two years of lockdown? No, no, we kicked on through that. But it was just, you had to change everything. We, I mean, there was the artist support pledge that was going on, which was really good. Yeah. So I was doing some work for that and just doing small scale pieces. And then it just, everything just getting sent out in the mail. Nice. And that's still going on. I'm still doing the uh, miniature eye saw series. Oh, nice. So I think I'm up to like 65 66 or something like that really? so that's going well because i'm just looking at sort of really so really lovely. weird little sort of subjects and then just what? doing a little painting 12 by 12 centimeter squares it's just little objects you're finding coming across yeah just on your travels you know like a burnt out car or, nice love it you know an abandoned teddy bear somewhere you know just weird little discrepancies that you find in the world and yeah. just like uh more small scale than doing the full landscape you're just focusing in like a little fragment i love it and um so that's still going on just rolled on with that and which piece that you've created 
do you think has got the strongest emotional connection? Mm, emotional connection. Well, um, I did a still life of um, some teacups from the hospital. Tea in the labour ward, it's called. And uh, <laughs> that's probably the most autobiographical piece I've done. It's, just, it's quite still. It's just like a little moment. Um, at probably about three o'clock in the morning. Nice. Just a little quiet moment. Just simple, little still life. Yeah. Quite traditional, really. Nice. Of just some NHS-style teacups. Well, still life. I'm going around art fairs. I've seen that still lifes are coming back with vengeance. Yeah, there's some nice stuff out there. There's, I can't remember her name, but this uh, lady does um, polythene bags in, in pencils. Uh, it's it's beautiful work. Um, I have to dig it out and send you the link. It's not Nettie Wakefield, is it? I can't remember. I'm terrible with names. That's quite all right. She was at Dismal Land. She'd done the backs of the heads. Oh, yeah, that was wonderful. Wait, she, she'd just recently done a couple of carrier bags and like beer cans that have been trodden Send on me the link stuff. on Insta, that would be good. Yeah, she's, I, yeah, she's pretty cool. Yeah, I remember those. They were really good. Um... If there was you and five other artists, past and present, what would your ideal group show be? So I could, what, any artist from the whole of time? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> from today to time immemorial. Well, it's, it's difficult because I, I, I don't know if I'd fit in with all the artists I'd choose. I'm not, I'm not on that level. <laughs> oh, you don't have to. It'd be, be a fun show. I'm, maybe they could put my work in the bar or something. Let's have um, a bit of Warhol. We'll have some, uh, what about some Leonardo da Vinci? Um, who else would we have? Mix it up a bit. Uh, what about some Jackson Pollock? Put nice. some of there in there. Maybe some bacon. Love bacon. Where are we up to? Four. Four. Oh. Um, what about a nice bit of Rothko? Nice. So there you go. There's five. Easy. I don't think I don't know if they'd all go together, but it'd be it'd be nice. Um, that'd be my ideal series of work in my living room. Well, bacon <laughs> very much pulls out the ugly from the beautiful, doesn't it? Yeah, the sort of the trauma and the uh, turmoil. <laughs> what would you like to do if you weren't an artist? Well, if I got to choose my ideal career, well, I'd, I'd have to be something really amazing, like astronaut. <laughs> you could choose anything. You wouldn't be a maintenance guy? No, <laughs> ideally not. <laughs> and if I was, I'd have to be like, you know, maintenance manager or, you know, yeah, maybe I've got my a, own firm. with my own promotion. V- yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> anything coming up? Uh, well, we've got the New Artist Fair, which is um, 23rd, 24th, 25th of September, which is going to be really good. Lots which of good artists Brick there. Brick Lane, Truman Brewery. Have you done it before? Yeah, we did it um, a few years back, maybe 2018, something yeah, like that. The... Just before the uh And the how crisis. do you find... It's a very different world, isn't it? Putting your artwork in a gallery or in a, an art fair. But it's, it's really fun, you know, and... Um, I haven't done one for a couple of years, so I, I was going to do the Brighton one, but I, I couldn't get down there. So yeah. I thought, oh, I'll, I'll do the Brick Lane one because it's just at the end of the train line. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? um, but it's really fun. You get to meet lots of people, and it, it's 
it's easy vibes really yeah you know it's gonna be good just um if you're into art just head down have a look around lots of different types of artists there's no restrictions really on what people are doing no. just what they want to do gives everyone an opportunity to put their work on the wall and then connect directly with the the public yeah. so it's well i've visited dozens of different art fairs never put my work in one until early last year yeah it's a it's a whole new environment isn't it just having a conveyor belt of people walking yeah, past, striking up conversations it is with, it can be a bit in, intense but um but normally i mean an artist an artist is normally just sat on their own in their studio yeah i much when prefer they, that <laughs> <laughs> when when they put put the work in a show they might be there for the private view and then that's it so we don't really have a relationship with our artwork when it's hanging on the wall an art fair you've got no choice it is but that that yeah well that's why it's good as well because exactly. i think it's a bit it's a bit more like just like working in retail or yeah. or working on a market stall it's got that and um that's why it's a bit more fun because you cause the people have got to be there yeah and there's you know yeah like you say there's a disconnect isn't there between an artist and his work in a lot of these galleries whereas at these art fairs it is a bit more like Right, you're there. Here it is. What do you here, want? Yeah, I've got a question about this. Like, well, I'm here. Yeah, it's so, nice. Yeah, it is. And what sort of work are you showing? Um, I'm gonna have. I think I'm gonna have about nine paintings. The larger ones, I say now, are only forty by forty centimeters, oh, yeah. so they're yeah. still quite small. But I've gone a lot smaller scale in this series. Um, I'm going to have them on the wall. I'm going to have some of the miniature eyesores. Nice. Um, and I'm going to have some prints. So there's going to be small ticket prices, you know, for That's sort of stuff. Going to go next with the prices. What, sort what? of accessible. And then right up to the sort of big the big ones on the back wall. And the, the, the price, the actual prices, am I roughly from what to what? I'm going to have some, some, some prints available there for around £50. Nice. And then... The prices so go all the way up to a, to about a grand yeah. for the larger pieces. But yeah, I try and I try and keep it so there's a range of you know stuff available. But that's how I learnt to to do it. Is that you got some you got some stuff that's sort of affordable stuff that yeah. you can you know off yeah. the shelf sort of prices, and then you've got some some more uh, expensive pieces that you know. And you, how many are you showing? Nine. I've got nine of the paintings to go up and um, I think I'm going to have some of the smaller ones as well. I'm going to have about eight or nine of the smaller ones hopefully by then. I've nice. got a few more on the go. <laughs> it's more accessible for people. The smaller ones, you, they, they don't break the bank. I've got the prints as well which start at about £50. But I'm, 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 I'm having a bit of a clear out as well so it might be some bargains. Perfect. <laughs> that's the perfect thing to do and and the perfect time to do it as well yeah oh well, it's the new artist fair 23rd 24th 25th of september at the truman brewery in brick lane <laughs> where can people find your work be it online website um, social yeah media? website com. where did the name come from can't remember just sounded cool because the idea of my landscapes and the interiors they sort of they're meant to be sort of scenes from a, a movie that's never been made, you know. Nice. They've just got that sort of 
cinematic quality. Bewaredavoid.com. Also on Instagram and all of that. And what is it on Instagram? Same. Beware the void. But it's there's underscores, isn't there? Yeah. But you'll find it. <laughs> you'll find it. Type yeah. it into the internet. There's you'll not find many of them it. in there, is there? <laughs> right. We'll jump. It's been lovely. I'll see you at the You're going to the party. Because see you on the Friday. <laughs> the party night. Yeah. I'm there on the Friday, the Saturday and the Sunday. Oh yeah. You help. Well, I'll see you there then. Be, I'm showing myself. Oh, you're showing there. Showing oh, that's myself. good. John, thank you nice. for your time, mate. Thanks very much. I think I pressed record. <laughs> if you've got an exhibition or any other creative project within the arts, or even just want to promote your own artwork, you could do that in podcast form similar to the one you've just listened to. They start at a convenient price point that is comfortable for any artist working on a budget. This podcast itself is created by working artists and we know how important that is. So to find out more information, you can email us on ministryofartsorg at gmail.com or on Instagram at ministryofartsorg. Ta-da! Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.